Hello, and welcome to the second episode of our special podcast series on the World Radio Communication Conference 2023 in Dubai. In this series, we cover the most important issues and hot-button topics that will be discussed at the conference. And in this episode, we're going to talk about agenda items that affect satellite services. With me here to talk through these is Florence Magni. She's the vice chair of the ITU study group four, one of the many vice chairs of study group four, which deals with satellite services. Florence also works with the UTELSAT group. Uh, but I do want to emphasize she's speaking here in her capacity as an ITU vice chair, um, not as a representative UTELSAT. Florence, good to speak to you. Briefly, uh, what do you do as your role as an ITU vice chair? Uh, the role of vice chairman is to help study group chairs and working party chairs and assist in the organization of the work. In my case, I supported the study group four chair, working party four A and four C chairs. I also participated to meetings organized by the BR director to ensure the coordination of the work of the various subgroups. We have satellite subgroups. We have also the IMT groups. We have radio astronomy. There are several study groups and uh, they all need to be coordinated. And I participated to most of the working party meetings, working party for A, for B, and for C, and of course to study group four. Absolutely. Before we dive into some of those agenda items, and I should say there's a lot of agenda items, WRC affecting satellite. And I've kind of asked you to speak about the ones that, that are most of interest to you. But I do encourage listeners to look at our WRC dossier if they want to have an overview of all of the agenda items, and there's a lot to cover, of course. So before we dive into all of these details, how, how are you feeling about this WRC? It's the first one after COVID. Uh, do you think it will be different to previous cycles? And have, have you been before? Uh, I've been involved in WRC work since 2008. So that's why I did uh, 2012, 2015, 19, uh, the fourth one. And I think because of COVID, uh, we went... Uh, slowly at the beginning of the cycle, now we need to catch up. And I think that this week is very busy, more busy than normally is. Right, and is that just because of kind of making up for lost time of all those online meetings? Yeah. Well, let's start by talking about Agenda Item 7. So this briefly, what is Agenda Item 7 trying to solve? It comes in kind of two parts, doesn't it? So let's start with the, the first bit, which is about dealing with the rules and deployment of NGSO systems. Could you describe what the problem is? Yeah. WRC 19, Resolution 35, introduced a milestone-based approach for NGSO in certain frequency bands and services. And it deals with the bringing to use of constellation and deployment of this constellation. Basically, the milestone-based approach is like when, uh, after seven years, when you are submitting a filing, you need to launch one satellite. Mm -hmm. When one satellite of the constellation has been launched. Two years after that, you need to launch another percentage of the constellation. And then there is another milestone after five years and another one after seven years. And this was introduced to deal with the kind of huge constellations that were being filed, right? Because they were kind of taking up all the space in the, in the ITU's register, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So to continue the regulatory work initiated in 2019, Two agenda items were assigned to WRC 23. The first one is 7A, orbital tolerance of NGSO. 
second, and the second one is post milestone procedure. What happens after the milestone I've just talked about approach is defining resolution 35 is finished. So I will start with the first one, 7A, orbital tolerance for MGSO systems. Basically, it's trying to reply to the question, which orbital tolerance could be applied by the BR to consider that a satellite is operating until it's fine? Now, the objective of this topic is to study this tolerance. There are tolerance in altitude and inclination of orbital planes. The need to define tolerances comes from obligation defined in the radio regulation, which are deploy at least one satellite in one orbital plane, deploy a certain number of satellites on an orbital plane after what I explained before, two years, five years, seven years, after the launch of the first satellite, and operate frequencies in accordance with the orbital characteristics. There are numerous views on whether applying orbital tolerance could influence the risk of collision. So this is really much developed by SpaceX at the moment, which are saying that if the orbital tolerance are not big enough, then it would be complicated to, co co to uh, coexist with other constellations. It will also influence the lifetime of a satellite and the number, of course, of constellations that can be deployed simultaneously. So at the end of the, the start of the conference, we had different proposals. Some administration would like just to inform the PR in case there are changes to the satellite altitude or inclination, and this would be trigger regulatory action. Some other administration would like to propose tolerance limit for this altitude and inclination, and this approach would be called the one-step approach because there would be one value for the orbital current and one value for the inclination. And some other administration would like two-step approach with a larger tolerance. On this uh, topic, we have several issues. To what system are the tolerances applicable? Only those covered by resolution 35 or should extend to other The value of tolerance of, or inclination, tolerance for altitude or inclination, are they appropriate? expressed in kilometers, in percentage? Should we have a one-step or two-step approach? And for system notified before the end of WRC, should we um, have a transitional regime? And the problem is that few constellations have been deployed to date. Many variables are not known yet. Mm -hmm. And conclusion, I would say that the definition of tolerances is a very important work at the ITU. And there is consensus that there is a need for flexibility as operational system may require deviating from their orbit during their lifetime. Now I could uh, talk about the second agenda item. Before, uh, before you get into that, is there, there's also a question of backtracking these things, isn't there? So kind of if we set these tolerances, do they apply to constellations that were previously filed or does, will they automatically apply? Yeah, it's think it's what I was trying to explain before. It's uh, for system notified before the end of WRC, we will have to establish right. the sort of transitional regime because they, they were not aware of uh, the, these limits at the time when they filed. Yeah. And do you think we will end WRC twenty three with set orbital rules, or would it will some of it not be finalized yet? I think we will have to find a solution. Yeah. We will, we will get rules before the end of WRC because at the end, uh, I mean, WRC, we will have pressure from uh, 
to, to get something. Something has to be done, and uh, I don't think we'll go to a no change. We will have some uh, a solution. Right. Okay. Right. Moving on to the the second part of that agenda item, I'll, I'll leave you to describe it. So the second part, which is also related to resolution 35 established at the previous WRC, is 7B, which is the NGSO post milestone procedure. So after two years, five years, seven years, then our operational constellation should be reflected in the ITU database during their lifetime after their deployment. So the goal of topic 7B is to focus on the case where NGSO system has completed this milestone but reduces the number of satellites deployed. And it considers the adoption of a procedure to apply in such case. So if we go back to if I go back to resolution 35, it requests administration to inform the BR when the number of satellites in a constellation falls below 95% of the constellation. This number is quite high. It's like not 100%, but it's for huge constellation, it can be quite a big number. At the moment, resolution 35 is for information only. And some administration think that there is no urgency for this post milestone procedure. Some of administration would like to modify a little bit resolution 35, just modify or resolve and replace it by a new resolution asking administration to inform ITU when the number of satellites fall, fall below 95%. But this value could be replaced by other values determined by equation as a function of the number of satellites. At the moment, we have many proposals from regional organization and they don't converge at all. And from this, when this number has been de defined, a reduction of the number of satellites will arise. This means that if, let's say, a the number is, uh, I don't know, like 80% 80, 80 instead of 95, and a constellation deploy uh, half of it, then uh, it's filing will be reduced by this by a certain amount. And then right. in case the several years constellation will increase again, that would be a problem, but the filing will not uh, be covered. Satellite operation will not be covered by the filing. Okay. So it's basically about how strict the, the milestone is. If you don't reach that milestone, how quickly will your uh, what is the milestone like in terms of percentages? What is the milestone? And then how how will the IT react and how will they cut the filing in case that milestone is not hit? And you say there's a lot of disagreement about this, a lot of proposals. Yes. Does it seem like there's gonna be a solution at the end of WRC or on this agenda item? I think there will be because most of the time WRC finds solution, even if it's on the last week of the conference. Mm -hmm. And I would like to add that the, for the replacement of satellite constellation, it is important to define a threshold which is not too constraining for satellite currently operating over an acceptable period of time. Mm -hmm. There is still the possibility of sending it to the next WRC. But you're, you're hopeful uh, that, that it will be solved this time around. In one way or another, sometimes it's just a compromise of the different methods and so to keep as we normally say in the IT, everybody equally unhappy, but yes. uh, at least this is a compromise that we get. So it's one of those issues that will be solved, if it is solved in the last hours of the conference, probably. <laughs> There's been some concern from people about the potential for interference between NGSO systems, you know, the Starlink constellations, and soon the Amazon constellation as well. 
interfering with legacy GSO systems. How is WRC23 dealing with this potential concern? But on the agenda item seven, we have 7J, which is dealing with aggregate interference from NGSO towards GSO satellite in KU and K bands. Aggregate EPFD limit, equivalent power flux density, so it's a limit that should not be exceeded by NGSO constellation, are specified in resolution 76. So these are really aggregate, so meaning that all the NGSO constellation would be taken together and we will calculate the effect of NGSO, GSO satellites. But there is no clear methodology to determine if these levels are exceeded and how to decrease them in case of interference. So the objective of this topic is to develop a consultation process to be applied to NGSO to calculate the aggregate interference and decrease it to an acceptable level based on accurate modeling of NGSO systems. Accurate modeling would mean that um, for NGSO constellations, they are using a tracking strategy, and this tracking strategy like to follow the satellite, and uh, this tracking strategy would be included in the calculation. So operational, uh, operational um, parameters would be included. It will not just be applying a recommendation, which is what we know in ITU as fifteen oh three, which is like the worst case. But in this case, we would add some operational data to reduce the to represent more accurately the NGSO system and also to reduce the interference to GSO systems. So the proposal we have received for this conference is are to modify resolution seventy six to introduce the concept of consultation meeting among administration of NGSO, so that they can agree cooperatively to reduce their aggregate PFD if there is an incident. And the other proposal is to modify resolution 76 to call for further study. And of course, even if I have not uh, explained it very clearly, for each agenda item, there is always a possibility of no change. Of course. And from this, we have two main questions which are really critical for GSO and NGSO, which NGSO system should be taken into account in the aggregate EPFD calculation? Should we include operational satellites or also operational and system planning to operate within one year and 18 years? Because of course, if we include what we call paper filings, planning to operate filings, then it will increase the level of interference, but maybe they will never get into operation. So that will be more constraint for the constellation that are currently operating. And the other question is, should the consultation meeting start because before the recommendation on the methodology to calculate the aggregate EPFD and the methodology on the power reduction in case the aggregate EPFD are exceeded are available? This sounds interesting because sometimes the charge level that the kind of IT resolutions is that or the WRC resolutions is that they're overprotective but this sounds like it's a way to kind of curtail that and to have a more uh, real-time kind of understanding of what the interference is is there an agreement that this should be the process that that we shouldn't use the kind of regular models for interference but we should adopt this new consultation progress is that part of the issue kind of settled would you say it is part of the issue. That's why uh, there is a strong push for having consultation meeting where we would have, as I said, as a more realistic parameter to be included and not just apply a method 
recommendation in the methodology would be sort of guidelines. And then when we would like to decrease the interference and adapt the engine's operation, we would have to get into more detail and understanding of the real constellation. Yeah, so there's still a few things unsettled. And obviously, a lot of the Leo constellations just haven't launched yet, like you said. So that makes kind of calculating interference more difficult, doesn't it? Now, another agenda item I wanted to touch on is 1.17, which deals with intersatellite links. Can you explain how these intersatellite links work and, and why there needs to be an agenda item to deal with them? So there is, a, at the moment, growing interest for using satellite-to-satellite -satellite links to relay data to and from the Earth with a GSO or NGSO service provider operating at a higher altitude than the NGSO user, which is generating the data. So most NGSOs are low Earth orbit with altitude in the order of 300 to 900 kilometers, and they are connected to their Earth station for a short duration. Duration. They are connected to their Earth station for a short duration. Normally, most of the time, it's like 10 minutes per orbit. So instead of having a direct link Earth to satellite and to Earth, there is a possibility to have a signal going from the Earth to the satellite user and then to the satellite provider and to the Earth station. So basically, when there is no Earth station visibility, you can still uh, transmit the signal. Small and large satellite mission for latency applications, such as weather forecasting, disaster risk prediction, with a limited amount of data to be transferred, would benefit from this agenda item. Um, on the other side, we know that utilization of satellite-to-satellite -satellite links need to be done to pre fully preserve the incoming services in the planned and non-planned bonds where such satellite-to-satellite -satellite service is not currently deployed. So we have, uh, I mean, one main proposal, which is support for resolution to address the regulatory mechanism to operate the satellite-to-satellite -satellite links in VKAVAN. And this method includes several options with alternatives to ensure the protection of incoming services and the compliance verification process by VLTU. We have some quick key questions to, to answer. What are the type of allocation? Would it be a fixed satellite service or inter-satellite service? At the moment, I would say that discussions are going to inter-satellite services. Should Protection of incumbent services via hard limits or coordination approach. So incumbent services are geo services, NGSO services, terrestrial services, scientific services. In the frequency band under consideration, which is the K band, should we take a part of out of the agenda item part of it? which is linked to Iridium, how to protect the terrestrial services. There are, there are several solutions. We have some PFD mask, or it could be via a table in the radio regulation, table 21-4. And what are the limits of operability inside what we call the cone of coverage, or the expanded cone, which is uh, the cone of coverage plus, which is extended by the altitude of the LEO satellite when the relay satellite is GSO. So this is quite technical and uh, not easy to understand this uh, limit of operability. There right. is a consensus the system already deployed might be interfered by satellite-to-satellite -satellite links and require protection. And we are mainly working on the protection of these uh, services. And some of these intersatellite links have already been deployed, haven't they? So this is kind of, the, the rules are, are 
quite uh, are needed quite quickly, aren't they, to catch up yeah. to the fact that some of these intersatellite links have already exist. Has there been any reports of interference with the intersatellite links already, or not yet? Is still a concern? Not to my knowledge. Okay, but potentially in the future, especially as yes, yes. If they expand and it becomes more yeah. common, you would expect that that's a possibility, right? Yeah. Okay. Next, I wanted to cover agenda item 10. So agenda item looks at future proposed agenda items for the next WRC and sets the course for the next four years of study. What are some of the things being proposed for agenda item 10? So we are we have many proposals with uh, that WRC. Uh, I would just uh, pick up two main ones which is the review of the PFD limit. So at the beginning, I talked about aggregate effect of uh, NGSO to GSO and uh, the fact that EPFD limits were really important. So I was talking about aggregating EPFD limits. This agenda item, this new agenda item, is talking about EPFD limits for a single constellation. So just a single constellation going into the GSO. And then uh, if we go back to topic J, then we will aggregate all these EPFD limits. Right. There is a proposal for a new agenda item to study and update these EPFD limits, which are the regulatory provision for sharing between GSO and NGSO in KU and K events, where Article 22 applies. Proponents of this agenda item argue that these limits are too conservative, as they have been established for more than 20 years ago. Therefore, they might be too constraining for NGSO and overprotect GSO. There are two key issues. There is a need to demonstrate that these EPFD limits are too conservative, and there is also a need to demonstrate that there is a need to review the methodology to protect GSO. So for me, this agenda item is calling for study. First, there, would, there should be a very intense uh, study uh, part before concluding that we need some regulatory provision. Okay, so you think this will definitely, will most likely be studied over the next four years? I think so. Okay, but how does it, if the other agenda item we spoke about previously puts in place these limits, I guess this would be coming a bit late, wouldn't it? But potentially, I guess they could override that earlier calculation if, of limits. If the uh, topic J uh, is resolved, then the current EPFD limits will apply. Mm -hmm. And then if there is a change, then we will adapt the aggregate effect. Okay, that's right. In the interest of time, I want to skip to my last question. So there's some concerns about satellite operators splitting their filings. Could you explain why this is a concern and how WRC could potentially address this? We have under 9.2, which is an agenda item related to the BR director report. There is the practice of splitting NGSO system into several file systems, and this could impact the implementation of resolution 76 we talked about, as it questions the EPFD limits effectiveness to protect GSO. If we split artificially filing from NGSO, then we lower, if we split artificially the NGSO, then the EPFD limit, EPFD levels are lower artificially. And then NGSO administration get a favorable funding from the BR. So there is a proposal to include a statement in the WRC 23 minutes to address this issue using the standard ITR process. And this impact also other agenda items which are currently being discussed at WRC, 
one of uh, them is uh, topic J. When you say splitting the filings, it means going through different countries to submit their filings, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And there is a problem of conformity with Article 21, which answers the protection of terrestrial services. If several administrations are responsible for the same system, the question of responsibility in case of interference arises. And this issue is discussed on the agenda item 115, which, are, which is dealing with ESIMIN and Planning 30 bku and agenda item 116 is in Okay, so this is quite a fundamental concern, isn't it? Because if you have for your filing split across countries, it makes calculating interference more complicated. It makes it makes all of these agendas more complicated, doesn't it? Because of how do you enforce them when so many countries are involved in even a single NGSO filings? Yeah, that's correct. Well, thank you so much for going through some of those agendas with us. Thank you to our listeners for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, I encourage you to subscribe. The Spectrum Policy Podcast is available on all major platforms. If you want to read more about WRC, we have an entire dossier about it on our research service where we cover all the issues, not just satellite, but also IMT. That dossier is very in-depth and goes through all the most important agenda items to watch, including all of the satellite agenda items that we didn't have time to cover today. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.